You guys are all beneficiaries of the work that our patrons have done, the commitment that our patrons have uh, engaged in in order to make this all a reality. So guys, thank your patrons um, for, for making this possible. And if you're interested, become a patron as well um, in order to keep this thing going. Um, and we're looking to continue to grow this thing. We're looking to, you know, expand our content. And the more support we get, the more commitment I can make uh, to those things. And so anyway, I want to thank you all. I want to thank all my patrons. If you are here for the first time, this is the Read and Rant. And what we do here is we commit every morning to the reading of the word. As I've said before, and I'll say it again, that the uh, most, at least the, the most impactful endeavor of any believer is just to spend time in the reading of the word. That's it. Just to spend time in reading his word, in prayer, in reading. Just reading his word alone can profoundly transform your life. It can. Um, and I believe that there are more people now who are going to be transformed simply through the activity of reading the word. And I get to do that with you. That's my passion. That's my desire is for you to read the word with me. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to spend some time in reading God's word. We're going to spend some time in ranting. And I call it the read and rant because I'll spend a few moments reading the word and then I'll spend another few moments to reflect on the word. And so we're going to get right into it. We're going to be in Isaiah 38. What I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to ask three questions. You're going to ask God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? The second question that I want you to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning people? And the third question that I want you to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning me? What are you revealing concerning me? And so we're going to engage together as we spend time in the reading of the word. And so I want to encourage you right now to pray as I pray, and then we're going to get started and we're going to be reading from Isaiah 38. Father, I ask today as we spend time in your word today, Father, I pray that you would give us grace. Lord, allow us, Lord, to hear your heart. As we read this word, Father, I pray that you would guide us, that you would lead us, that you would shepherd us. Lord, that we would be um, discipled, um, that we would be led, that we would be guided towards you. Father, I pray, Lord, that we don't just simply acquire knowledge and insight and wisdom and understanding, but we would acquire so much more in knowledge and awareness of who you are. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's get to it. Isaiah 38, and I'll read from the first verse, and this is what it says. In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amoz, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed to the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, I pray how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And the word of the Lord came to Isaiah and said, Go and tell Hezekiah, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will add to your days 15 years. I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria and I will defend this city. And this is the sign to you from the Lord, that the Lord will do this thing which he has spoken. Behold, I will bring the shadow of the sundial, which has gone down with the sun on the sundial of Ahaz, 10 degrees backward, 
so the sun returned 10 degrees on the dial by which it had gone down. This is the writing of Hezekiah, king of Judah, when he had been sick and had recovered from his sickness. I said, in the prime of my life, I shall go to the gates of Sheol. I am deprived of the remainder of my years. I said, I shall not see Yah, the Lord in the land of the living. I shall observe man no more among the inhabitants of the world. My lifespan is gone, taken from me like a shepherd's tent. I have cut off my life like a weaver. He cuts me off from the loom. From day until night, you make an end of me. I have considered until morning like a lion. So he breaks all my bones. From day until night, you make an end of me. Like a crane or a swallow, so I chattered. I mourned like a dove. My eyes fall from looking upward. O Lord, I am oppressed. Undertake for me. What shall I say? He has spoken to me, and he himself has done it. I shall walk carefully all my years in the bitterness of my soul. O Lord, by these things men live, and in all these things is the life of my spirit. So you will restore me and make me live. Indeed, it was for my own peace that I had great bitterness, but you have lovingly delivered my soul from the pit of corruption. For you have cast all my sins behind your back. For Sheol cannot thank you. Death cannot praise you. Those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your truth. The living, the living man, he shall praise you as I do this day. The Lord shall make known your truth to the children. The Lord was ready to save me. Therefore, we will sing my songs with string instruments all the days of your life in the house of the Lord. Now Isaiah had said, let them take a lump of figs and apply it as poultice in the bowl, and he shall recover. And Isaiah said, what is the sign that I should go up to the house of the Lord? Hmm. At the time of Merodach Baladon, the son of Baladon, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he heard that he had been sick and recovered. And Hezekiah was pleased with them and showed them the house of his treasures, the silver, the gold, the spices, the precious, <clears throat> the precious ointment, and all his armory, all that was found among his treasures. There was nothing in his house or in all his dominion that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah the prophet, the king, went to the king Hezekiah and said to him, what did these men say, and from where did they come to you? So Hezekiah said, they came to me from a far country, from Babylon. And he said, what have, you, what have they seen in your house? So Hezekiah answered, they have seen all that is in my house. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not shown them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and all what your fathers have accumulated until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. And they shall take away some of your sons who will descend from you, whom you will beget. And they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. So Hezekiah said to Isaiah, the word of the Lord which you have spoken is good. For he said, at least there will be peace and truth in my days. 
<sighs> Hezekiah. Isaiah 40. Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill shall brought, shall be hill brought low. Sorry. Let me read that verse one more time. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The voice said, cry out. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades because of the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely people are like grass. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. O Zion, you who bring good tidings, get up into the mountain, O Jerusalem. You who bring good tidings, lift up your voice with strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid to the cities of Judah. Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arms. He will carry his he will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, measured heaven with the span, and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure, weighed the mountains and scales and the hills in a balance. Who has directed the Spirit of God, or as his counselor has taught him? With whom did he take counsel, and who instructed him, taught him the path of justice? Who taught him knowledge, and showed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are as a drop in a bucket, and are counted as small dust on the scales. Look, he lifts up the isles as a very little thing, and Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor it's be sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted by him less than nothing and worthless. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare to him? The workman molds an image, the goldsmith overspreads it with gold. The silversmith casts silver chains. Whoever is too impoverished for such a contribution chooses a tree that will not rot. He seeks for himself a skillful workman to prepare a carved image that will not totter. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth. And its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretch out the heavens like a curtain, spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He brings the princes to nothing. He makes judges of the earth ruthless, sorry, useless. Scarcely shall they be planted. 
scarcely shall they be sown. Scarcely shall their stock take root in the earth when he has blown on them and they will wither and the whirlwind will take them away like stubble. To whom then will you liken me or to whom shall I be equal? Says the Holy one, lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things, who brings out their hosts by number. He calls them all by name, by greatness, of his might and the strength of his power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? The way from the Lord, and my just calm is passed over by my God. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth faint and be weary and young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isaiah 41, keep signs before me, O coastlands, and let the people renew their strength. Let them come near, then let them speak. Let them come near together for judgment. Who raised up one from the east? Who in righteousness called him to his feet? Who gave the nations before him and made him rule over kings? Who gave them as the dust to his sword, as a driven stubble to his bow? Who persuaded them and passed safely by the way that he had not gone with his feet. Who has performed and done it, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, am the first, and with the last I am he. The coastlands saw it in fear. The ends of the earth were afraid. They drew near and came. Everyone helped his neighbor and said to his brother, be of good courage. So the craftsman encouraged the goldsmith. He smooths with a hammer, inspires him with the strike of an anvil, saying, it is ready for soldering. Then he fastened it with pegs that it might not totter. But you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend, you whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest regions and said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not cast you away. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who are incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. They shall be nothing. Those who strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them and not find them. Those who contend with you, those who war against you shall be as nothing, as a non-existent thing. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand saying to you, fear not, I will help you. Fear not, you worm Jacob. You men of Israel, I will help you, says the Lord. And your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, behold, I will make you into a new threshing sledge with a sharp teeth. 
You shall thresh the mountains and beat them small and make the hills like chafe. You shall winnow them. The wind shall carry them away and the whirlwind shall scatter them. You shall rejoice in the Lord and the glory of the Holy One of Israel. The poor and needy seek water, but there is none. Their tongues fall for thirst. I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the Lord, will not forsake them. I will open rivers and desolate heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and dry land springs of water. I will plant the wilderness, the cedar and the acacia tree, the myrtle and the oil tree. I will set the desert, the cypress tree and the pine and the box tree together that they may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord has done this. The Holy One of Israel has created it. Present your case, says the Lord. Bring forth your strong reasons, says the King of Jacob. Let them bring forth and show us what will happen. Let them show the former things, what they are, that we may consider them and know the latter end of them or shall declare to us things to come. Show the things that are to come hereafter, that we may know that you are gods. Yes, do good or do evil, that we may be dismayed and see it together. Indeed, you are nothing and your work is nothing. He who chooses you is an abomination. I have raised up one from the north and he shall come. From the rising of the sun, he shall call on my name and he shall come against princes as though mortar, as the potter treads clay. He who has declared from the beginning that we may know in former times that we may say he is righteous. Surely there's no one who shows. Surely there's no one who declares. Surely there's no one who hears your words. The first time I said to Zion, look, there they are. I will give to Jerusalem one who brings good tidings. For I looked and there was no man. I looked among them and there was no counselor. Hmm. Who, when I asked them, could answer a word? Indeed, they are all worthless. Their works are nothing. Their molded images are wind and confusion. There's uh, so much to unpack here, and there's really not the time afforded to unpack everything here. If there was a thought that I could leave you with, if there was a word that I can leave you with, if there's anything that I'm compelled to share this morning, even in my time in reading this word, and before I even share it, I want to say, first of all, um, you guys are given an opportunity really to eavesdrop on really a process, uh, a commitment that I've made over maybe the last few years of my life, which is just to read for about 15 to 20 minutes a day. And people have asked, well, you know, how do I grow? How do I grow in my faith? How do I grow in my walk? And, you know, we're looking for a Bible study or we're looking for a study book or we're looking for, you know, all these different resources or we're looking for the right pastor who can teach us or the right leader or the right minister. And I always say to the people, you know, instead of instead of 
chasing after those things. How about you spend your time in the word? Literally read the word for 15, 20 minutes a day. And even if you don't understand everything you've read, just the endeavor of reading your word will profoundly change your life. It will transform your life. It'll empower you. And really, that's what we're here for. We're not here to to just have you dependent upon us, those of us who are teachers of scripture or leaders, faith leaders, things of that nature, pastors, ministers, whatever you may call um, who they would call men of the cloth or whatever it may be, whatever you would call us. We're not here for you to depend on us. We're here to send you out. My passion, my desire is that people would awaken to the God vision and the God mission that they've been given in their calling. My passion and my desire for you is that you would finally be loose from the chains of legalism, to be loose from the chains of oppression, to be loose from the chains of culture, society, that you're not slave to any of that but rather that you would be free and liberated to go and to do what God has called you to do. I just believe that this is going to be a season and a time when people are about to step into new things, into new seasons. They're about to step into new things that God is calling them to do. They're about to see the things that they do, the work that they do, the commitment of the spirit upon them, that they would be used by God through the unique gifts and the abilities and the capacities that they've been given. I truly believe that there's about to be revival and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, and I can't emphasize this enough, fam, is that movements don't happen in buildings. Movements happen in people. If the church is a move of God, right? If the church is the body of Christ, the move of God, You will not find movement in a building. It's actually what happens in the people. Movement happens when people move. The justice of the earth happens when people seek justice. The kingdom of God comes when people begin to attune themselves to the voice of God, knowing that they've been called by God to bring the kingdom of God where they work, where they live, where they play. And I'm excited in this season that people are about to move move into what God is calling them to do. So this is all really about empowering you. That's what this is all about. This is all, this is all about empowerment. This is all about um, um, how, how do we get people to see who they are and who God has called them to be. And so I'm glad that you're here. And this is really our time. I wish this was a Bible study, but I leave that for Patreon. My Patreons can can come and they can engage with me in Bible study. But if you're here, if all you do is read the word and then you get off, that's great for me. All I care is for you to read the word because I'm not here to necessarily teach every part of this because if I did, I'd be here all day. Okay. I'd be here all day. There'd be so much to unpack just from what we've read because Isaiah has so many layers. Isaiah has so many dimensions. Isaiah has so many facets to it. And so I'm not really afforded that. But here's one thing I will say is that even as we read, we want to hear what, what, what are you saying today, God? Like, what are you saying to me today? What, what, what are you saying to me? And this is really for me to teach you how you should read the word. You don't need to understand everything in it, but God can speak to you through it. Let me say that one more time. So many of us are looking to be experts in the word that we get intimidated by it. And so as soon as we read something that we don't understand, we kind of just walk away from it. So I want you to change your posture when you read God's word. What I want you to do is, is I want you to ask God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? God, reveal your heart. 
Reveal who you are. Posture yourself not to understand his word, but to let the voice of God speak to you through his word. And in it, you will get understanding through his word. Remember, his spirit testifies to our spirit. So rather than seeking intellectual knowledge, let's seek spiritual truth. And that in and of itself is what will transform us. Can't emphasize that enough. So what am I getting today? Because there's so much from a, I guess, intellectual perspective that we can get from this reading, which we're not afforded to. What can I get from this? People will let you down. Ideas will let you down. Theories and philosophies will let you down. Institutions will let you down. Governments will let you down. Leaders will let you down. Family will let you down. Even you will let yourself down. But there's one who will never, ever let you down. God is faithful. He will never let you down. Don't put your trust in people or in ideas or in things. Don't even put your trust in your work, in your money, in your accolades, because even those things will fall apart. But the one thing that will stand forever is the faithfulness of God. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in him. He is faithful. I'm reading this and all that's being reminded to me in my time as I'm reading this is that there's one who never lets us down. There's one who never, ever lets us down. Yahweh, Jehovah, God never lets us down. While people will let us down, while money, accolades, resources, your savings account, your 401k, your friends, your family, your colleague, your government, your politics, all that will let you down, God will never let you down. And we see this as a visceral reminder in our reading here in Isaiah. Because what we just read, if you walk through it, and I can tell you how I come to this conclusion, but if you walk through it, we haven't, we, the story begins with Hezekiah, who it starts off great. Hezekiah has this miraculous extension of his life, finds out that he's going to die, comes to God, prays to him, and, and Hezekiah is faithful. And he, he speaks about his faithfulness and how faithful he is to God. And it's through that, um, uh, that, that he feels that he can come to God and say, Hey, God, I've been, faithful to you. I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and I've done what is good in your sight. And, and Hezekiah weeps before God and God responds to Hezekiah's quote unquote faithfulness and in doing so extends his life, but then reveals to Hezekiah that this is more than just you. This is about what you've been called to because when God, re when God does a work in us, it's not for us, it's for his glory. I'll say that one more time. When God is doing something for us, he's not doing it for your glory. He's doing it for his glory. He gets the glory in it. Meaning then, if God heals you, if he protects you, if he leads you, if he guides you, if he provides for you, it's for something bigger than you. You're here 
because of the grace of God. And that is for something bigger than you. Know this, that your life is for his glory. It's all for his glory. So there's something bigger than just your breakthrough. Your breakthrough is for something bigger. Hezekiah gets a breakthrough, but it's really for the nation of Israel, for the calling of God and the promise of God on the nation of Israel. Hezekiah now, who gets delivered, he, it ends really well, right? You'd say, man, it ends great. But then all of a sudden the Babylonians show up, the Babylonians come in, and Hezekiah begins to show everything, all the storehouses, all the wealth, all the resources, all the things that Israel has. And of course, Isaiah comes in, Isaiah's like, what did you do? And I'm paraphrasing, and Isaac speak. He's like, what, what, what did you do? And Hezekiah comes back and says, yeah, you know, I showed them around, you know, showed them all our money and all our resources and all that. He says, everything you showed them, they're going to take away. Of course, Hezekiah then, you know, in exposing that, there's a word there in and of itself, and that's another conversation for another day. Be careful what you show to who you show it to. Another conversation for another day. That's not what I'm here for. But it shows you there the failure of Hezekiah, that Hezekiah fails in not covering what he was delivered to cover. I want to make sure y'all understand this. This was about Israel. This wasn't about Hezekiah. And yet now Hezekiah compromises Israel's future with his decisions, with his lack of wisdom and prudence. And then we know what happens afterwards. Remember, Isaiah is just another vantage point to what we've already read. We've read about all this already in, in First and Second Kings. We've read about all these things that are transpiring in First and Second Chronicles, but now we're reading it from the perspective and the viewpoint of Isaiah. Isaiah is seeing the same things that are transpiring historically, but now Isaiah is giving another perspective. We see after Isaiah tells Hezekiah what's to transpire next, we know what transpires next, that the Babylonians come in and they squander Israel. They pull everything away because, you see, Hezekiah trusted people he should never have trusted. Hezekiah trusted people he should have never trusted. And in doing so, Israel seemingly loses everything. And I always found it interesting the way Hezekiah ends because Hezekiah is like, yeah, you're right, God. And it's like he was okay with it. He knew exactly what he did and he knew the consequences of it because these decisions have consequences. But it's more than that. It's bigger than that. And so even though Hezekiah makes his error, God's promise still remains. God is faithful even in the midst of the error. Because the next chapter in chapter 40, Isaiah now is giving the people comfort because now they're experiencing what has transpired as a result of Hezekiah's blunder. <laughs> and it starts with chapter 40, verse 1. Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says God. Speak to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she has received from the Lord's hand double for her sins. <laughs> Do y'all understand the grace of God? Let me read that one more time. Comfort, yes, comfort my people. Isaiah 40, verse 1. Look at Isaiah 40, verse 1. 
Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she has delivered, has received from God's hand, or here it says the Lord's hand, double for her sins. For the mistake in the previous chapter, for Hezekiah's blunder, for the Babylonians coming in and squandering her, for all the mistakes that have been made, for the sins that have been committed, for all of that. And yet, even in the midst of that, God remains faithful and says, I'm going to give her double, not for her good works, not for her faithfulness, but for her sins. Israel's sins led to Israel's pain because these are the consequences of the mistakes that have been made. And yet, even when they suffered the consequences for the mistakes, God still remained faithful to his promise. Because now, even though they're suffering the pain for their sins, God is giving her double. Receive from her hand double for her sins. He's comforting her now. God is saying to Israel, I'm not done. Even though you've made mistakes, even though you didn't do what you were supposed to do, even though you fell short, even though you didn't obey me, even though you didn't protect what I gave you, even though I was faithful to you, but you weren't faithful, I'm still going to give you double, double for your trouble. And that's where it says that the glory of the Lord is revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken And then he says the grass withers and the flower fades. He's talking about mankind, that these things will fade away. There's something greater. There's something better. And then in the end, he says he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord, I hope you guys understand what's happening here is that even though they're suffering for their errors, God still says, wait on me. Wait on my promise. Israel, I'm not done with you. Even though everybody else is done with you, I'm not done with you. Israel, I still have a promise over you. I have a promise over your life. Chapter 41, Israel is assured of God's help. God is saying to them, I know, I know it don't look good. Fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. In verse 10, I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God is telling them, I got you. I know you messed up, but I got you. I know, I know it don't look good right now, but I got you. And this is something that I believe some of you need to hear today. There's some people right now who you're looking at what you're going through right now and you know you put yourself in it. 
You're looking at what you're going through and you know, I've created this monster. I put myself in this situation and it's easy for you to see how you put yourself in it and you're looking and you're seeing how you can't get yourself out. And you're wondering, how can I get myself out of some of the stuff that I've put myself in? But here's the word of God for you today, and you'll find it in Isaiah, is that even though you got yourself in it, God is getting you out of it. Even though you weren't faithful, God is faithful. Even when you made your mistake, God still has a call on your life. God isn't done with you, even though the world might be. And so maybe you got yourself in it, but God is going to get you out of it. Israel got themselves in a mess. Israel got themselves in a blunder. But God still has a promise on Israel. And God is saying to Israel, fear not, I'm with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I'm going to help you get out. Whatever you got yourself into, God's going to help you get out of it. Whatever you put yourself in on, God is going to get you out of. God is faithful. Even when you aren't. So trust in God, even with your mistakes and your errors, give it all to God. Give it to him. Let him restore you. Let him repair you and let him give you the strength to get you out. You might be in it right now and you might feel like, I don't know how I'm going to get myself out of what I got myself into. And God is saying, I'm going to get you out. I'm going to get you out. And even if you were unfaithful, and even if those who were around you were unfaithful and untrustworthy, God is faithful. And don't put your trust in the idols, Isaiah 41 said, don't put your trust in the things that can't speak. They could never do anything for you. I'm just giving you a little cliff. Cliff note here, you've been trying to get your, you've been trying to, you've been trying to use your money to get out. You know, when we mess up, there's so many ways that we try to get ourselves out. We try to use our swag. We try to use our good looks. We try to use our money. We try to use our influence, our power. We try so many things to get ourselves out of some of the stuff that we got ourselves into. But none of those are good enough. Money can only get you so far. Titles can only get you so far. Accolades can only get you so far. Those idols that you've been worshiping can only get you so far. Hmm. They mean nothing in the end. But if you got yourself in it, there's one that can get you out of it. Jesus. Only one thing that can get you out of it. And he can get you out by his strength, by his spirit, not by your might, not by your power, but by his spirit. So today, let go of what you're trying to control and trying to get yourself out of the stuff that you got yourself into, but rather trust in God.
to get you out. Trust in him to get you out. Don't put your trust in anything, anybody. Put your trust in God. Father, I thank you today as we read this, Lord. I thank you that you've brought us here together. And I just ask, Lord, as we continue to engage with your word, Lord, that we we may be reminded even throughout the remainder of this book as we're reading this, Lord, of your faithfulness. That even though Israel made her errors and, and Israel made so many mistakes along the way, and yet you, because of your promise on Israel, gave them a way out, and that was in you. So, Father, teach us as you've taught Israel, Lord, the promises that you've put on our lives, Lord God, that we do not find our way out by our own volition, by our own power, by our own doing, but that we would do it by your spirit for your glory. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Family, I love y'all. I'm glad to be back. Um, we'll be here tomorrow again. If you are here for the first time, we do this every day. If you've missed all the reading rants and you want to catch up on the readings, we're reading through the whole Bible and that's what we do. And then we rant for a little bit. And so I want to encourage you to download the reading rant podcast. This particular episode, I'm going to put right away on the Patreon for our patrons who support what we do here. Thank our patrons. If you're here, the patrons are here. Thank our patrons. Okay. Um, I want you guys to thank them because it is because of them, because of their dedication that we're here and that we do this thing. Okay. So I love y'all. And, um, and if you're interested in becoming a patron, just click the link in the bio. It's patreon.com slash Isaac Frere. I would love for you to support. By the way, also text me 954-231-1848, 954-231-1848, just to remain connected. And also just click the link to join the mailing list. If at any time I'm changing things around and I'm moving things around, you'll know. And also there'll be Bible study tomorrow, patrons. So I will be posting that update as well. And you guys can participate in the Bible study as well. But I love y'all. I will see you guys tomorrow. We'll be back again, staying in in the word, y'all. Love y'all. Peace out. God bless you guys.